It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to the SBS Sports Talk Show presented by the Sports Business Society at UVA. This is episode number four. Today's topics, we're going to get into our normal segments, our read option, our drop the mic. Then we're going to talk a little Major League Baseball and then recap week one with a special guest. Oh, who's that segment? And then we're going to talk a little bit of week two before wrapping up with our all 267 in diamond garbage time as usual. Remember, 1.5 times speed. Hit it. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, 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 tennis, hockey, golf. The game is... All right, it's good to be back for another episode. Thanks uh, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Mike, before we get into our segments, anything uh, you want to say? Uh, meeting tonight, Now Hall, right? Now Hall, different right. location. Uh Going to do a little bit, this is for SBS, uh, if you're a member of the club here at UVA. Um, we have just a regular meeting, and then starting next week, we're going to get into some guest speakers. We have some other couple exciting announcements, too, that we're going to be uh, laying out for you guys. All right, yeah, so we're going to start with our read option, as always. Mike, you got to read for me. What is it? I got to read about the Seattle uh, Key Arena uh, stadium renovation, um, uh, a key step in the process of, of maybe getting a Seattle uh, Supersonics team back. Um, I don't know if they'll be called the Supersonics, but it's an exciting time because, you know, NBA belongs in, in Seattle, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. It definitely does. The problem is, unless the NBA expands, who are they going to poach a franchise from? Sacramento, they just have a new, they just got a new stadium. Milwaukee, they seem pretty committed to staying there. I don't really know where they're going to get that team from. But I agree with you. Like Seattle definitely should have a team. Those are great fans. Up I there. mean, uh, I've heard rumblings of, of the Clippers moving. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, um, Steve Ballmer is right? a Microsoft guy. He's a Microsoft guy. Move back, move it back up to Washington. I mean, you're competing with the the Lakers. So that's a tough competition. Um, soon to be the LeBron Lakers. You do not want to be in that oh, competition. Come on now. Come on now. Um, it's let's true. Let's bump the brakes there. Um, LeBron. LA-Bron. Oh, come on. You're one of those guys. <laughs> Um, but basically, you think about it, the Clippers don't really have a dedicated, carved-out fan space in, in Los Angeles, um, and, and I feel like that they could definitely abandon the team there. Nobody will really notice, because, you know, Clippers are just eternally mediocre. Yeah, they're a horrendous franchise. They have a very small following there. Um, I have family out in L.A., and I don't think they know anyone that's like Clippers fans out there. And they've just abysmally bad, yeah. you know, dating back to Donald Sterling. So change of scenery for them, that's actually a pretty interesting team to move. They're kind of, um, I guess they're not really resetting because they signed Blake Griffin to that big contract. But they're, you know, without Chris Paul, they're not going to be the same team that they've been. Yeah. Um, and that's a team that, quite frankly, I'd like to see get out there because OKC is going nowhere. These other teams that are in. You got to think uh, it. it can only come from the West unless you want to do a conference realignment. Right. And they definitely don't want to do that. Exactly. But, but yeah, so it's kind of interesting. Seattle's kind of been that. Um, the, exorc- the Exorcist um, yeah. city uh, where it's got. got a rip, rip, Seattle's got a lot of dedicated fans, and, and it just got 
Our part of the city just got ripped out from the heart, you know? Yeah. When they, they moved that out from under them. Yeah, they still love their basketball up there. And then, you know, you think about the team that left them was, you know, Kevin Durant yeah. and and then what became Should, Westbrook and Harden and a team that went to the finals. And it's still relevant. So, you rough. know, that, that feel, they you care. You feel for them. You feel for them. Yeah, so... I'd like to see them get a team. I don't think the NBA can expand, though, just because there's already so many bottom-feeding, tanking teams, so that if you were to add yeah. one team, you got to add two teams, right, because you need an even well, number. I've heard Vancouver could, could come in the next there. As a 32nd team? Yeah. But now we're talking, see, I, my problem is if we go, if you go to 32 teams, you're already at an extreme imbalance of talent at 30, and you're yeah. not deep enough for 30, it seems like, because you have teams that are winning you know, less than 20 games. Or just, you also have teams that are under 500 making the playoffs. Right, so, so I don't see how you could expand by two. Um, but I, I like the idea of Seattle yeah. going for a team. I thought they were going to get Sacramento. That seemed like a slam dunk um, until Vivac Ramadive, unfortunately for Sacramento fans, um, bought, you know, Bought the team and, and pledged to make a, a new stadium there. All yeah, right, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. But what do you got for me now? Mike? Yeah, so my read option is we're going to talk about a little uh, more football later on in the show. But this was an article um, on the Ringer. I told you guys the first episode. I'm very fond of that website. Yes, there was a, an article about the crisis on offense in the NFL, and I have to say, you know, we play fantasy football, but. This was a horrible week for offenses really, in the NFL. It was all I, I won my week with sixty-two points. Horrendous. Horrendous. That's, that's a joke. I uh, lost. I would have lost against every other team in the league. But you know, sometimes you know, yeah. it falls your way. Well, bad quarterback performances up and down the league. Yep. You have yep. Sam Bradford and Alex Smith. I think are your two leaders in passing yards. Um, and the offensive line play is probably to blame that's, for most of this. That's the problem. And, and you know, not to to take over the, the segment, but there's also a piece on Washington Post about the offensive line problem. And, you know, something I saw on that is that it's just the, the college level doesn't teach the right technique for the offensive line. Yeah. And there's just not enough talent. You know, you have to have five competent offensive linemen. You know, there's just not enough talent to spread across the league. So you have these these teams that are host, or that are putting out garbage offensive lines. And, it, and without a line... You know, you can't really do much on offense. I'm a Giants fan. You know, I, I've yeah. seen it up close and personal. Yeah, we had this talk earlier in the week, and that was definitely hit on in the ringer that these teams nowadays with all these, you know, quick read spread offenses in college that they're not teaching technique yep. to their linemen and teams are drafting them based on their um, physical um, flowers. Yeah, exactly. And then the teams hope to develop them. And now the offensive linemen, which used to be the safest picks at the top of the draft, now all of a sudden you start to see guys – busting that are first round picks and now you see like just a complete patchwork of an offensive line like Seattle has which is wasting um probably a Super Bowl roster at just about every other position except maybe running back and wide receiver but I mean defensively 100% a Super Bowl team um and then quarterback obviously Super Bowl caliber guys already won one Um, I'm pretty fond of Russell Wilson but then you see that offensive line and you know they were so so bad on Sunday against Green Bay and and you're just it's it's shocking to see how bad some yeah. of these these offenses were um, in the NFL. And you hope it can get better. I mean, the league has made all these kinds of rules to help offense, and then we go out and we see this, yeah. you know, just overall league wide terrible offense performance. That's not a good look for the league. Yeah, I mean, and 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 in in that article, it kind of highlighted that you can probably count on your fingers the number of te- of number of college teams that teach their linemen the correct way. And so you know, in in college, in the spread offense, because it's easier to learn. The offensive linemen are learning two-point techniques, right? So their hands aren't down. But in the NFL, you can't do that because that that disguises or that, that doesn't disguise run or pass well enough, right? So to teach these guys to go down on 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 their hands in a three-point stance 
is hard, and, and you're seeing it with with players like Eric Flowers. You know, he's got all the tools. He's six four, six five. He's three hundred pounds. He's he's not slow, right? He's got good reaction times, but he just can't learn the technique, and it's it's so frustrating yeah, because you know that he has the the capabilities, but he's just not getting taught the correct way. And now he's just a turnstile, basically, out on Eli's blind and, side. And, and the biggest problem is is is. He's our third best lineman. Yeah, it's so. it's terrible. I don't know how some of these teams, um, you know, hopefully as the season goes on, you know, these offensive line units, they get some cohesion, they can uh, figure things out. But as of right now, we got some pretty bad product um, offensively, which we'll yeah. get into later um, for sure. All right, Mike, uh, what is your drop the mic for this week? Uh, a happy tale coming out of, <laughs> of China, I think it was. Ray Allen and Paul Pierce post an Instagram together. Um, finally, uh, hashtag bury the hatchet, I think it was, uh, cause I, it, for those of you that don't know, Ray Allen left on pretty poor terms with that Celtics big three when he left for the heat. Um, obviously the heat he Celtics, was, he was ring chasing, rival, yeah. rival, he was ring chasing, but you know, was it Ray Allen's fault? Cause it, he was on the trading block for a while there. Uh, pretty felt disrespected by Danny Ainge. Um, so comes back. I don't know. What do you feel about him? Like? I like to see him make up uh, one thing, like Kevin Garnett, to me, uh, in retirement, he's just like the funniest guy ever, just like, because he, he's seriously super, super intense, yeah. but to me, it comes off as like comical, and I know Kevin Garnett will just never, ever forgive Ray Allen, but like sensibly, this guy, you know, earns, is should be respected by the Celtics, he was such an integral part right. of their title run, you know, they only won one championship with that big three. Um, and he's really like he owns currently. He's not going to have it for long because Steph Curry's going to break it. But he has one of the coolest records in basketball, the all-time three-point uh, field goal made record. Um, but you know, you'd think sooner or later that they would come around. But then they have this thing during the season where all right. the Celtics so got together, fall. and they were just still all like extremely salty that he right. took so less it was, money. It was that it was that uh, area, whatever whatever it was on TNT that that KG hosted. I think it was Area Fifty One or something, Area Twenty One. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And <laughs> they they brought. Paul Pierce on um, after the Clippers had lost. They brought Paul Pierce, uh, Big Baby Davis. They brought John Rondo on. Yeah, the whole squad. The whole squad, and they're all just there. They're just ripping Ray. Yeah. Besides Rajon. Rajon won't come out and rip Ray, but everybody's just ripping on him. And he's like, they, they, we were brothers. We were, um, like, we were brothers. Like, how could you? They, he didn't even talk to them. But, like, if you look into Ray Allen, you know, he's a very to himself kind of guy. Yeah. He doesn't, he's doesn't like go out of his way. He's, um, quiet. Uh, and it, and it, people say it stems from his mil- his dad being a military and moving around a lot, but yada, yada, yada. But so basically to get to your point, KG actually liked the Instagram post. Oh, wow. Inst- you know, NBA guys on Instagram, you can tell a lot. My favorite thing is when, uh, someone, you know, someone's a free agent and all of a sudden they like, you oh know, yeah, they, they start like following so, everybody. Yeah, on they, maybe they like a restaurant. They like they like the trainer, yeah. uh, the trainer's photos. So yeah, a lot can be learned from um, an Instagram uh, like. Yeah, so for my drop the mic this week, I'm a little bit upset with college football. Uh, oh yeah, the games are so so long. This has been a problem for a couple of years now. You know, we go to UVA, not what you would consider a powerhouse for college football, and not that we're this playing unreal. Yeah, uh, not that we're playing the best teams out there, but it is painful to go think, to a UVA game. I think and stay, the first quarter took an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, I think I just sit there and like you're like you look at the clock and it's like, oh my goodness, it's only been I'm wa- six minutes. I'm watching crappy football, and I've been here for thirty minutes, and there's still nine minutes the, left. In the the clock is frozen. Literally frozen. Well, because we can't complete a pass. 
So the, the clock stopping. It's college football TV, in general. And there's, and there's TV timeouts. You know, anything on ESPN just gets slowed down indefinitely because they take so many ding TV timeouts. Yeah, this is why I don't love going to football games because really what it comes down to, anyone who's been to a football game knows this, that dudes are literally just standing around. Like during these TV timeouts, yeah. like they could be playing, you know, they could be, you know, doing what they're supposed to, you know, if you're in the NFL, doing what you're paid to do if you're in college, doing what you're there to do, and they just stand there and wait and wait, and the fans are just sitting and waiting. And it's extremely frustrating, and then the games take forever. I've only, the furthest I've made it through a UVA game was the uh, this past week. We only made it through a half, and I had good seats, and I enjoyed it. Last year? Well, I'm so this year. This year, okay. Yeah, last year I used to stay because I was like a naive, hopeful I watched UGA that fan. Louisville game. I watched, yeah. I watched them rip my heart out twice. Yeah. Notre Dame in the first year and Louisville second year. But but actually, I read something that um, the NFL experienced, on average, 10 minutes less of, of advertisements this, this, this past uh, opening weekend, mm-hmm. which is a good sign, you know. Uh, I know NBC did that double box. Yeah, they do the on-screen they do the ad, on-screen like while they're ad, on the well, field. I yeah. love that. Yeah, that's big time. That was like you know we're we're big sports business people here, and uh, that's just smart. that's that's you know that's like one of the, the NFL. That was a study they did was figuring out how do we get people to yeah. stay on our games like when we have these breaks, and that was one of the things they found out. These college games, even when you watch on TV, it's just they stop the clock after first downs. You know these teams, it's just the games just drag on for what seems like forever like the games are like can literally be four hours long for a regulation it's game not that quality football no it's not and and to me that's making it borderline unwatchable outside of these elite games you get yeah. some of these really big like oklahoma ohio state florida state Alabama. but even those games you're like yeah like they just don't captivate you no like, I, I completely agree and, and the length of the game is, the, is the post game antics capt- yeah. captivate me more yeah. than the game yeah that it, got way more pressed ba- baker mayfield posting the uh, or, or planting the flag at midfield and then, and then apologizing about it yeah be, so that yeah man baker just, you know you were trying to disrespect them nah but it was good though it was a good I loved move. It. it was a good move it. yeah they uh i just don't think you should beat him up in their house they returned the favor from last year yeah. look for uh, a will look for his big 12 to get into the playoff for the second time but, but not texas though Nate. no heck no 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 big game on the road at usc this yeah no one cares they're gonna get to get back they're there right we got ou coming up soon okay 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 in a couple weeks that will not happen back on track time for them to lose even worse than they lost to maryland no team that loses to maryland at home will be in the college football playoff or yeah, or we'll okay. beat any of these other teams. Yeah, losing <laughs> to Maryland at home, and I follow uh, a Maryland, a friend from high school went to Maryland. Who, my brother who's, went to Maryland. And, yeah, and I have not seen like them stop bragging about the fact that they beat. Ta- it's embarrassing, really. Stephen Diggs, big night on Monday Night Football. Maryland won. Yep, but and so, Tory Smith, go Torrey Birds. Smith. Oh, go yeah. Go he Birds. had one catch for thirty yards, Carson, but also Carson, took the top off the defense twice. Carson so, overthrew him three times, twice, twice, twice. Yeah, underthrew once, overthrew him the other time. But uh, watch out, Maryland Terrapins are. They are uh, on the rise. <laughs> they're on the rise. Yeah, their football program is is looking better. They beat Texas on the road. It says more about Texas. Yeah, probably, really. I don't think that says a lot about Maryland. But let's let's get into some MLB playoffs here. Yeah. So we have not talked MLB as a main topic on our show. So we did w- really want to hit it um, this week before we get into like a pre playoff yeah. um, segment. Probably right as we get into October. Um, but there's actually some really interesting things going on in baseball right now. Most notably, I, of I course, hope everybody knows about. Yeah, this. and this is. This is we're, we're vetted here. The Indians' win streak will be current by the time this episode comes out, so don't blame us if by the time you listen to this they have lost. But the Cleveland Indians, or the Windians, if you will, have Love won that name. 21 
games in a row. Basically impossible in baseball. Um, Unheard of. Un- right? It's. I mean, the A's did it. The Moneyball A's, obviously. People know about that win streak if you saw the movie. Um, but this is the longest win streak, I think, uninterrupted in the American League since they expanded the expansion era is what they called it. I mean, 21 games in baseball is absolutely incredible, and it's it's been a fantastic run. I mean, you just look – yeah. th- there's some crazy stats that come out of this too. I think they've been trailing like four innings out of – However many innings it takes to win. Nine. Yeah, well, however, yeah how, oh, wow, nice. Ooh, uh, right? Yeah, yeah um, however <laughs> no many calculators here. However many innings it takes to win that many games, and they've only been showing for four innings, and their run differential, which is obviously a very indicative stat of success in baseball, is through the roof. It's like over plus a hundred. That's which, unreal. Which is and and that's like the best in a twenty one game stretch in the history of baseball. It's yeah. or it's up there in the top. It's gotta five. be up there. I so mean. so they're looking like prime to win. I mean, this win streak, like even from a statistical and analytical perspective, which of course is an emphasis of our club, is really just remarkable. Remarkable. I mean, so just to put this in like perspective, everybody talks about the twenty six game win streak that the that the New York Giants had in, in nineteen sixteen. Of right? course, New York Giants. Yeah, but, had uh, had to say New York Giants, not even football, <laughs> but New York Giants got in there somehow. New York, New York baseball Giants. But the thing that's so important about that is that they had a tie in their win streak. Uh, so so it, theirs was an unbeaten streak, but so so now that the Cleveland Indians hold tied longest straight winning streak, um, and so I, I think you can speak more to this about how uncommon this really is. What what I know they had a win streak last year, right? Yeah, I think they hit double digits last year. Um, I don't know. I mean, they're they, they've been one of the best teams in baseball yeah. um, since last year. Really, obviously, they're really close to winning the World Series. But the amazing thing to me what is three lead. Yeah, three one lead. They're part <laughs> of that one. that dreadful club with uh, Golden State and, and Hillary. Uh, <laughs> but but they, uh, you know, the amazing thing about baseball is when you have a five, you know, you have a five man rotation. And just the pure randomness involved in every baseball game yeah. to string together. Now they're probably been the better team than every single team they faced. I mean, at this point, they're the best team in baseball. Sorry, Dodgers. The, the Indians are just the best team right now. But they've been the better team in 21 games. But you know, even in baseball, like outside of when Corey Kluber starts, you maybe have like a 60% chance to win. You know, just off the yeah. the probabilities and the stats. And they've just won 21 in a row. And that it's, is it's, it's mind blowing. It's pretty unreal. Yeah. Um, but so I'm mean, NL. Who you got? Because obviously Indians are our favorite in the in the AL right now. Yeah, unfortunately, we, yeah, as a Sox fan. Yeah, we'll we'll get into you know more of our baseball in depth picks um, when we hit it back in a couple of weeks. But in the NL, the Dodgers, you know, just the complete flip of the Indians. The Dodgers were looking like the best team in baseball, like as as they were unpre- unreal in the middle of the as, season, as unprecedented as the Indians' win streak was the Dodgers' like overall record and like a 60-game stretch they had in there was just as unprecedented. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what the recent stat, but they lost like 16 to 17 games. Yeah. And now they're like, I mean, I, I, I'm a Nationals fan as my secondary team from you know Northern Virginia. That's that's who I like, I'd like to see come is, out of the is, NL, and is, I think it's realistic. Is too. it you, Darvish Kirsch? I, I don't know. He's. I think he's pitched okay since he got there, but they something happened. Some Kershaw. Sort of well, Kershaw got back too, and and they're still not winning. Still it's, not winning. it's really um, remarkable. And that team, like top to bottom, we, before they went on all these losses, you know they were going to push for like 110 wins, which is ridiculous. Yeah, haven't seen that since the 01 Mariners. And they were on pace. Yeah, and yeah. they were on pace. Like they were, and especially like you know the way that they're playing. Like yeah, they're winning every series in sight, and and now it's just like they're losing. 
an, at an unbelievable rate. It almost balances, you know, tipping the scales back. But to me, that's shocking. And meanwhile, you have the Nationals, who should, in theory, be getting healthy. Strasburg's come back, and he's thrown a lot of, uh, like, he's up to over a 20 straight inning scoreless streak. Um, Harper, I think, should be back by the playoffs. Trey what Turner. Harper? Uh, we had that hyperextended knee back, okay. I think it was in August, where he slid. The game was delayed for three hours, and they still played it. I think it's because they're playing the Giants. Um, and they still played the game, and he just slipped, and it looked like his leg just... Like his ACL just snapped in half, but fortunately it was only a bone bruise yeah. um, from a hyperextension. And then um, Trey Turner's back, um, so he's obviously a big piece for them. And they just have an ex- insanely loaded bench. Obviously, Max Scherzer's still there. The bullpen's been fixed with uh, a UVA guy in the back end, Sean Doolittle. Do so. We're big fans of him here, and of course they have the UVA um, goat for baseball, Ryan Zimmerman. So. So it's uh, always reasons to be fond yeah. of of uh, the Nationals uh, with those those guys, but they look kind of like the cream of the NL crop. And then obviously you have you know, and you hate to say it, why because the Dodgers were that team for you know eighty percent of the season until recently. And then you have the Cubs, who I think they're staving off the Cardinals and the Brewers for now. Um, and they should be in the playoffs. And then also a team to look out the for right? the Diamondbacks. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty fond of them. They have a pitching staff. That was Zach Greinke and Robbie Ray, and then they have some good pieces in the bullpen. Archie Bradley's been fantastic back there. Goldschmidt's, and a, Goldschmidt's great. Season, J.D. Always, Martinez, right? really good. Nasty lineup. That's a team, too. They're going to be in that one-game wild card if they escape that. Yeah. I mean, I, Dodgers, look out in that series. That's an in-division series with a team that's well-managed. Tori Lavolo, uh, former Red Sox bench coach, fond <laughs> to him. Um, that's a team that might be able to catch... A, t- uh, a number one seed that's floundering, kind of like the Dodgers by surprise. Yeah. So I kind of like the Diamondbacks as that sneaky. I mean, that's what it's always been about, team. right? It's it's always about how you're playing in September, right? That's what it comes down to. Yeah, get get hot in September, and, and, and you'll be okay. Yeah, the Indians embody that more than anyone. Yeah. Obviously, in the AL, you have the Red Sox and Yankees fighting for that American League East. The Astros have locked up the, the AL yeah. West, and then you have the wild card, which looks like it's um, a several horse race. The Yankees look pretty comfortable in there, so yeah. that Yankees Red Sox, one of those teams. Will win the division, the other will win the wild card. And then the Twins have somehow been able to stay afloat. I just don't. I don't understand. Yeah, that. I don't understand uh, that either. They two or three years so ago they were in the trash. Yeah, so they had a good season two years ago, and then last year they were bad enough. I think they had the number one pick this year, and then all of a sudden this year they're back to being like competitive. And the funniest thing about the Twins is they traded for Jaime Garcia from the Braves. And then, like, within a four-day stretch, they lost, like, four games and determined they were out of it. So then they immediately flipped and sold Jaime Garcia to the Yankees, who now is going to be, you know, most what if the season ended right now, that would be their counterpart in the wild card game. Mm-hmm. And even after they traded Garcia, they've kind of rebounded, and now they've been leading the, wild, the second wild card spot for a couple of weeks. Sometimes you just got people that don't fit, Mike, and you got to get out of locker room. <laughs> Jaime Garcia <laughs> was Gar- the problem. Jaime Garcia is now... A known locker room cancer. Yeah, um, hopefully for the Yankees. Hopefully he, for the Yankees. He tanks them out, but they've they've been playing um, better as of late too. They don't play the Red Sox anymore this season. They played what seemed time. like what seemed like every like three times a week for like four weeks in a row. They played the Red Sox like on average. They're just playing each other on Sunday night baseball. You know they do that mm-hmm. Red Sox Yankees thing. Got to get them on Sunday night baseball. Yeah. Um, and then they just wrapped up their season series like Pretty I guess early. it was like a week or two ago, yeah, and that's... now. Now it's like, all right, so the Red Sox are up by um, they're up by a uh, couple games, um, and and the, they don't play the Yankees again. So hopefully the Red Sox can, can up, do their up three thing. Three games, and, uh, three games, and yeah. hopefully they can do their thing and uh, and wrap it up. But you know, it helps that they don't have to play the Yankees, and the rest of the division's kind of fallen out of contention too. Yeah, you, as 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 a, as a Sox fan, you like to see that. Yeah, um, the Red Sox are a real real 
iffy team yeah, to I me. Understand. The, the I, offense is just not there. Yeah, They're it's not been getting much production. Real lack of explosiveness. Usually, I'm that guy that picks my team to win. Yeah. Well, we'll see that with in football. But with the Red Sox this year, I just don't. Now, fortunately for them, the Indians have in this win streak surpassed the Astros. So it looks like if they win that the division, they're going to end up getting Houston instead of Cleveland, which uh-huh. they had no chance against Cleveland. They, yeah, they, they had mean, no chance. They, they got, got swept, swept by them last, last year. year. They got killed by them yeah. last year. This year, they would have had no chance. Um, but fortunately, it looks like they're going to avoid them until the ALCS if they're fortunate enough to get there. Um, but we'll we'll see, and we'll get into that in a couple weeks, probably right before the playoff starts, right before when we do our preview. Yeah, right before fall break, that last episode in there, we'll uh, we'll hit some baseball predictions. We'll get a uh, baseball expert on the show to yeah. uh, to come on we'll with see, us. We'll so SBS members, if you want to be that expert, all um, them, all those people's ears just perked. up. Yeah, perked <laughs> up. If you want to be that expert, um, let us know. Let us and know. We'll, we'll slot you in. All right, so we're going to transition into our second main topic of the week. We're going to have our second Who's That Statement. Who's That? And we're going to bring on a great friend of formerly the Sports Debate Club and now the Sports Business Society, a third-year baseball manager. He's the manager of the varsity baseball team at UVA, so he's very close with those guys. A good friend of mine, Eviston Duhan. Evan, what do you want to uh, tell the people about yourself? Hi guys, uh, just third year. I love sports. Big NFL fan uh, from New Orleans, Louisiana. So hurting a little bit this week. Uh, the Saints did not awful. play as well as they would. Well, they didn't look as awful as the Giants. Okay, right? hey, well, so, now, hey, now, hey, now, hey, now. But uh, All right. shots but, uh, already. I'm not gonna have you back on the show. But anyway, no, very honored to be here and excited to come here on the podcast to talk some NFL from week one. Yeah, privilege. So, it, so, so use it wisely. Yeah, it's a privilege for us to have Evan on here. Evan. Fun fact about Evan's sports fandom, his dad actually runs like the coolest um, cookout for Saints games every single week. Um, a good friend of mine, too. If you follow him on Twitter, you see his just expansive menu. Evan's actually going down to the uh, Saints pass game this weekend. So are you excited for that one? What do you think in store? I actually do. Um, I mean, it is at this point looking like like a shootout. Um, obviously, watching if Dante Hightower for the Patriots is going to play. If he isn't, then the Saints may be able to run up the score. And we all know that Tom Brady. We all know that Tom Brady will be able to put some points on that. I don't know. Is he on the decline? Saints. Yeah. Um, we, we know. He's washed. That was, that was the word of the week. The quarterbacks were all washed. If yeah. you were watching in my apartment, yeah. they were all washed. Go down the list. Um, Tom Brady. Fits that, that bill. Yeah, I don't, I don't really agree with that. But uh, anyway, I did see a stat, though, Mike, I thought it was interesting. This is the first time in NFL history that a pair of quarterbacks who have gone to at least 10 Pro Bowls, Breeze has gone to 10, Brady has gone to 12, have faced off in the same game against each other. Obviously, Brady best is going to go down as the best quarterback not, in the not history true. of the NFL. Not true. Um, Drew Brees, in my opinion, is one of the most disrespected professional <laughs> athletes in all of professional sports, just because he doesn't really get credit for what he actually does. But anyway, uh, so yeah. yeah another, another, another fun fact about the quarterbacks in that game. A combined 128,251 career passing yards. Wow. Most in NFL history yeah, in, in, a, in a game. I, I'm going to make the bold prediction, though, that that record eventually gets broken simply because all the passing records are going to get shattered. But for right now, this right is... Right now, it's a pretty cool stat. Yeah, I, and unfortunately, you just... You, you don't think it's going to be a great game. The Saints have really let Drew Brees down um, just kind of with how they manage that team and that defense. Uh, and they've been unable to win, you know, for uh, – as you would know this better than us. They're in the playoffs in 2013. I don't even remember that because they beat the Eagles, uh, Chip Kelly's first year. Um, uh, but since then – Last second field goal, right? Last second field goal, Shane Graham. Was that who it was, Ev? 
No. No. It, it was, I think. I think it was. I don't know to be honest. I think it was Shane Graham. I'm just saying. I've, I've got. I've got. I think it was Shane Graham. Pats on the spread in this game. You got the Pats. Um, giving yeah, up the I points. Would, if you're in a spread league, definitely take the Pats because it does have the ability. The Patriots are looking to rebound. Um, yeah, obviously, Bill Belichick's going to figure some things out, but it, it could be close. But if it's going to get out of hand, it's the Patriots are going to be the ones to let it get out, you know what I mean? Yeah, so let's talk week one for a second, and I don't think we can start week one without getting into the biggest winner from week one, a road a road winner in the NFC East, not the New York Giants. A, no, they a, were a road, a road loser winner. in the I NFC mean, East. How honestly, about how about Michael and Michael. Evan, those Philadelphia Fly Eagles fly 1-0 right. so, on the so, season? So here's what I'm going to say about this game, is that if the refs don't, Utterly blow a call. I think this is agreed between us three, and, and maybe even Will, um, that this is one of – it will go down as the worst call in, in the, the league this season. A reviewed fumble. Fumble, in quotations. In quotations, missed. Fletcher Cox takes it back for a touchdown. Eagles go up two Eagles scores. Eagles D, baby. Get him in fantasy. Eagles go up two scores. Game's over Game's at that over, point. yeah. Game's over. How much time was left? Uh, like a minute thirty. A minute thirty. That's that's time for 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 Kirk Cousins to to rebound from from just Kirk Cousins. Being Kirk coupons, awful, not right? Kirk coupon. Kirk Cousins. Kurt coupons. Yeah, he stunk. Yeah. I'll he say stunk. But I'm just saying is that the Eagles get lucky Man. once again and and come back or not come back and, and and snatch a road win. But you know I don't really care. Redskins aren't great. See, Mike, I'm going to disagree with you there because, yes, it was a bad call at the end, but I don't think you could say the Eagles got lucky there because the Redskins played horrible. I mean, I was watching well, the game. Well, hold on, Ev, Ev. The Eagles made the Redskins no, see, play that's, horrible. The that's Eagles a distinction. did some things, but the Redskins played bad. I looked at Mike, and at, at, what was the score at halftime, Mike? We were up 16-14. Yeah. They were up 16-14. In all honesty, you could have easily been up 30-14. to 14. The Redskins were giving the ball away. Kirk Cousins played awful. He didn't look comfortable at all in the pocket. He, his stat line was 240 yards, a touchdown, and interception. Honestly, and a fumble. Two fumbles, two technically. Fumbles. Quotation marks. Honestly, that stat line is a lot better. Than the way he actually played, he looked absolutely miserable. I mean, uh, Jay Gruden's never been known to stick to the running game. They only ran the ball thirteen times. Rob Kelly, Kelly, Rob Kelly and my flex day, ruined me. Can't run on that Eagles Going up team. against an Eagles secondary with their top cornerback out, their other cornerbacks aren't really great. Jalen Mills, and, LSU, buddy, and you can't throw. <laughs> and you can't throw, and you turn the ball over three times. I don't care what the review says. You don't deserve to so, win the football. Game. So as crappy as the Redskins played. At the end of the game, they still have a drive to go on and win. So how does that make the Eagles the biggest winner here? Because here's the thing. There's still a chance for the Redskins to go win that game. So it's not like the Eagles thoroughly outplayed the Redskins. No, but see, that's where... bailed them out. No, you're wrong. They they did thoroughly outplay the Redskins. Thoroughly outplayed them. 22-17 going into that drive. But the score is 22-17. Right, but the thing was, the the defense for the Eagles, which I've been just saying... For for the whole offseason, the whole offseason, that they're a top five defense in the NFL. Nobody disagrees. And they and the, and the corners situation stinks. Ronald Darby's uh, out now for a couple weeks, but there is no reason to believe, based on how that game had played, the de- the defense had only given up uh, ten points because there's the pick six from Carson Wentz there. Ryan Kerrigan returned it. That the Redskins were gonna make a drive and go down the field. They had their timeouts. They had plenty of time. There's no reason to believe that the Redskins were going to go down and score a touchdown on that drive. The, the way all, Kirk all Cousins had played, no way. All I'm saying is that, that the Eagles 
were in a position, however minimal you think it was, whatever the chances were, they were in a position to lose that game. And, they, then, they and then they showed then, up because the they rest, are an elite the football team. showed up and bailed them out. I, you know, the call is really baffling to me. It's It was, like, clear. I mean, it so, was clear. So I'm watching the game at my apartment, and, you know, all my friends, um, they root for the Eagles to lose because I'm just that obnoxious of an Eagles fan. Um, and so they go valid. up. Yeah, it, it's valid. Yeah, trust me. I, I admit to it. And they, they get this fumble. And obviously watching it live, it looked like a fumble because the ball went backwards, and I'm celebrating. I'm, I'm going crazy. And then I see the replay, and I kind of, like, settle down and, and recoup. And, like, okay, this is, this is coming back. We got to rebuckle our seatbelts here and then the ref comes in and they go to the call stand and it is just it was a great feeling it was almost like I felt I felt bad my brother's a Redskins fan my dad texts he goes yeah he's he's not happy he's pissed off um and I understand it but at the same time I was like we we won a game tears were flowing gave uh Ev a little kiss on top of the head there we were uh we, we were feeling good but uh but yeah no that was uh, yeah but no I mean you know they're big winners though because that was a game we talked about last week as if you can't beat the Redskins on the road, you're not going to win any of these other close games. So mission accomplished week one. As Doug Peterson said, the Eagles had said all week, monkey off their back. They hadn't beaten the Redskins in the last five yep. tries. No, so you get that. They had won uh, just the one road game last year against the Bears, and they lost their last seven games on the road because that was week two. And so for them to win that game, like, and the way Carson Wentz played, um, which is a whole other topic, he looks so much better. So, so much better, which is beautiful. Mike, should I tell the listeners what you said to me earlier today? Yeah, go ahead. Mike, go ahead. Mike, Mike believes that Carson Wentz is a top-five quarterback in the NFL. Well, by statistics, he is the okay, fifth-best, fifth most go, yards. Let's go by statistics here. Rams have a 46-point point differential, so they're the best team in the NFL. Yeah, well, they played a, a Canadian Football League so roster. In the, no, I, well, that, that I say matter. that it's, a, it's, it's an exaggeration, but here's the thing with Carson Wentz. Ev, you can chime in on this because um, I'd like to hear what you think. You're allowed he is, to chime in. He yeah. is on the precipice right now of being a top 15 quarterback, realistically. And if he's that with their offensive line, which the way the rest of these offensive lines play, not that the Eagles' offensive line had a great game, they're an above-average unit. Yep. Defensive line and defense as a whole is way above average. I mean, and I've been saying this, literally the whole offseason. If Carson Wentz becomes that average quarterback to above average, they're a playoff team. But I'm no doubt about how you leap from that to top five quarterback. Well, it was a joke. I was it wasn't exaggerating. a joke because you it tried to argue Well, it. here's the thing. Like, we look at all these other guys, and, and obviously they played the Redskins, which was kind of a benefit. But who... Who played a better Who played a better game than Carson Wentz this week? Like uh, Alex, Smith. Alex Smith, Sam Bradford, and are um, those guys better than him? I don't know. Uh, by statistics, they are. So yeah, yeah okay. exactly. So exactly. Um, so yeah, getting in, and we'll just transition right into because we love the NFC East on this podcast. Right into this was my sweet spot. I actually picked the Giants to win this Sunday night game, and boy, within within I only got to I didn't get to see the first half, um, but just within you know seconds of of what I had heard that was. No chance the Giants are going to win that game. That was that that was honestly I like you, Mike. I didn't get a chance to watch the game. I I looked at it afterward. That's miserable, and I think it's kind of a theme in the NFL now. I mean, you look at Week One, and we only had five rushers who either met a hundred yards or clipped a hundred yards. It's Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, uh, Lashawn McCoy, and Ezekiel Elliott. And I understand the Giants haven't really had a running game. I, I can't think of the last time they had a clear Earth, wind, and fire. One. Earth, wind, and fire. At I the end of the day, you've got a quarterback who's up and down. You're, you're missing your best receiver, okay? And you only have 10 rush, rushing attempts? 
And, and listen, so in the amazing you thing... You got 10 rushing attempts. Eli Manning threw 38, 38 attempts in that game, and he had 220 yards and an interception. That's miserable. And here's the thing. I mean, I understand you're down 16 nothing at halftime, but that's only two scores. I mean, you have 10 rushing attempts the whole game. You don't have Odell Beckham. You, you're not going to put together any offense, okay? Eli Manning is just not in my opinion, going to lead you to a road he is. win. He is like trash. That. He's worse than Carson Wentz. I, I agree let, with let, that. Let, let somebody who is knowledgeable about the Giants speak. So, so not you, because you're bad. You're biased. I mean, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take a, a, a stance here that I'm gonna poop on my own team because I think that, well, that validly, I think that it, it was a horrendous showing. But when you take into account the situation, is that you have a bust that left tackle. Right? Yeah. You have turnstile. He's you, a turnstile. He's a turnstile. You have two players. Ron J- Ron, uh, uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> John Jerry is uh, a decent run blocker, but can't pass block for, for his life. Uh, or switch that. He's, he's, he's a good, decent pass blocker, but it didn't look like it. Bobby Hart is the uh, a well below average right tackle. So you got Eli Manning, who is completely spooked at this point, right? He, he also stinks, by the way. He he is spooked. He has he thinks he has to get the ball out in two to three seconds. Now you take away Odell Beckham, who's his safety valve. He's a player that can create separation within five yards. Oh, Brandon Marshall's not that kind of guy, you know. He's a big bodied receiver that's going to go up and get the ball, but he needs to do that downfield. Odell Beckham is not there to give Eli the safety valve, right? That's why you have so many checkdowns. That's why you have thirty eight pass attempts, but only two hundred thirty four yards or whatever. And they, and they led the league in pass attempts to running backs, too. right? So. It's it's a product. It all stems from Eli is declining. I'm not going to say he's not. And he's bad. Okay? He's not. He's, he's not, declining, and he, he is not bad. Bad yet. He is declining, but it all stems from Jerry Reese's and Mary and um, Ben McAdoo's inability to address the problems at the offensive line. Yeah, they looked awful, and we talked about this earlier but, too, Mike. Because all we do when we talk is about the the Eagles and then the Giants. That's all we can um, talk about. That's pretty much yeah. Um, <laughs> But the Giants, at this point, they're looking, they're staring down a must-win game this week on Monday Night Football at home against Detroit, because after that, they got to go to Philadelphia, where they've historically struggled, and this year they're going to struggle because they're a worse team, and then um, Tampa Bay, and, and then they four. got Tampa Bay um, in week four, and that away. game away, and so you're looking at, if they don't win this game, they are staring down 0-3, 0-4, or at, you know, 1-3. It's, it's, it's so you got to be nervous as a Giants fan, I, I, and then the Lions look pretty good. Um, they played the Cardinals didn't play well, I, but they look pretty good. I'm nervous, but I'm frustrated because this is the third straight year that the Giants have opened in Dallas. And when you think about the kind of schedule they have to play in their first four weeks, it almost makes it that you have to win a game in the first two weeks. Oh, definitely. It's it's it, but it, it, you think that there would be some sort of of uh, consistency in in the opening. Four games. I mean, schedule. that's I a great. That's a great first game to get us back in. You got two of the biggest. Right, fan but why bases. can't you put it in MetLife? Because Jerry's got Roger Goodell wrapped around his finger. So, oh, yeah, if he, talk, Jerry's if talk, worth. Jerry's if, worth more money to the to NFL. Any, if you talk to a lot of NFL fans, you think Mara had his had Goodell wrapped yeah. around his finger. But, but that, that's another topic. But, but, but you no, know, so besides the Giants, who do you guys think was the biggest loser in this week? Oh, I'm gonna go without a doubt. I so uh, at the four o'clock game, being a Saints fan, I I put the obviously I put the Seahawks and the Packers game on, but I also put the 49ers game and the Carolina game just to see what Carolina had to offer offer. And quite honestly, on both ends, it was pretty bad. I I didn't expect it to be very good for the 49ers. 
But at the end of the day, I understand this man's coming back from shoulder surgery. He played awful last year. He had the lowest completion percentage in the league. But if Cam Newton cannot establish himself as a runner, he will be a bottom 10 quarterback in the league. So the Giants, uh, I'm, excuse me, the Panthers scored 23 points. So for those of you following along at home, that's three field goals and two touchdowns. So they Good had, math, Ev. You're a classics you major, but knock it home. They had five drives, okay? Out of those five drives where they scored, Cam Newton only had to drive down the field and score once. It was because the San Francisco 49ers, you look at their first touchdown pass, Hoyer fumbles at the San Francisco 42. You got a short, you got a short field. Cam Newton can score. Anybody can score. You look at the field goal then to make it 10. Okay, um, the uh, 49ers have a turnover on downs on on the uh, Carolina 44. You look at it again. You look at the uh, next field goal. Turnover of downs on the Carolina 45. You look at the next one. Hoyer interception at the San Francisco 28. So Carolina's, okay? Carolina's not looking they good. They can't move the ball down the field. Cam Newton finished 6 for 15 I'm pretty sure it might have been 7 for 15 in the first half against a defense that, yes, is young, but is awful. Yeah. Well, at least they won the game. Yeah. I'm looking at two. At least they won the game because yeah, the San Francisco have but, no, but but, you know, no offense. My, my it's a game you got to win, and they won. So yeah, and that's right. Those are big games in the NFL. At the end of the day, he just looked absolutely awful, and if he cannot establish himself as a runner, he's going to be a bottom 10 quarterback in the league, and the Panthers' defense is no longer good enough. They will not make the playoffs. They have a chance to be the bottom at the NFC South. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with a lot of what you just said. Um, you talked about the 49ers there. My two biggest losers of the week come from their division, and it's not the 49ers. Obviously, Rams are actually a pretty good look this Rams week. Rams are a winner. But the Seahawks and the Cardinals, bad, bad yeah. looks for uh, both the of them. Card- the Cardinals are dead. Is a lot of people thought... Be on, the, on the hot seat? I don't think it's his fault. They were a, lot of, they were a team a lot of people thought were resurgent. If you look at my all 267, I had him at 7-9. and nine. I feel good about that. Unfortunately, yeah, David Johnson is out um, for what looks like almost the entire season, which is a real... Wait. Bummer to me because he's on both of my fantasy teams, and then Seattle, no offensive oh, line, horrible. and you and you just you we've seen this with a lot of teams. They will not win games if they can't solve that. And last year they didn't really solve it. And this is a team like we mentioned earlier, Super Bowl all around, and you're just wasting it because yeah. of that offensive line. So those are two teams that I, I agree with the Seahawks. Yeah. I'm a little worried. I haven't yeah. I haven't won in the Super Bowl. So yeah, so I yikes. Justin Britt, the center of the Seahawks, had a pro football focus grade of about a 75 which is right about as an average offensive line. And everybody else on the Seahawks offensive line had a grade below 45. Yeah. Our pro which football is focus is a joke. You, you might as well just put a fridge at left tackle <laughs> because at least that's going to be in the way for a second. Yeah, I'll, those, take, I'll take a fridge at those, left tackle Those too, guys please. are all, all turnstiles. You've used that term to talk about Eric Flowers a couple times. Uh, but yeah, Mike, you have any big winners, big losers from week one before we uh, wrap uh, this up? I mean, you guys pretty much covered it. I was going to say the Seahawks. Just look like look bad. Got to turn it Cardinals, around. Cardinals, oldest team in the league, lost David Johnson, who was thirty six percent of their offense total yeah. last year. It's mm. it's it's going to be it's and be like fifty percent of fantasy offense. Right, and so for those teams that have, it's tough to lose David Johnson. But at the end of the day, this is another thing that baffles me. Okay, David Johnson, very good player. I understand that you've got a thirty seven year old Carson Palmer. You throw the Stinks. ball forty seven times. Stink. You throw the ball forty seven like times. He throws three picks. You had 16 total runs by running backs, and you were up by two going into the fourth quarter. That makes no sense for me. It's, it's all, Carson, yeah. uh, excuse me, 
Carson Palmer is a declining quarterback, okay? He cannot throw the ball 40 times a game, and you guys win. They've got a good defense over there. They've got a very good secondary LSU guys. with Patrick Peterson and Tyron <laughs> Matthew. Let them run the ball, get up a couple first downs, maybe get a field goal here or there, and play behind your defense. I don't understand why they abandoned the running game. I understand David Johnson left the game, but we're also in a league where the backup running back, it's yes, it's a big drop-off from David Johnson, but he could probably do just fine in that system. Run the football. Yeah. Will someone please run the football? <laughs> no one can. The offensive lines are bad. Biggest takeaway from that game is that uh, Carson Palmer is definitively the worst of the two Carson starting quarterbacks in the uh, NFL. Can't, Definitive, can't definitively. Um, all right, so we're going to wrap up our NFL main do? topic, and we're going to go right into our All-267 review. We're going to keep it quick. Mike, is there anything in yours that you're not feeling too hot about, either for next week's picks or for the season? Next uh, season, obviously. Yeah, I'm looking season. at yours. The Eagles at 8-8, eight eight, bad. Seahawks at, at the Super Bowl championship is, is, is rough. I'm not feeling great about that. Um, as of next week, I, I'm pretty confident. I mean, I, I think I could go 13-3. and three. That's bold. I think you I won't go 13-3. and three. I'll be I, shocked if you honestly, go 13 Honestly, I'm not, I'm not upset with any of these. Well, we will um, kind of recap here. And uh, I went 10-5 and five this past week. Mike went 11-4. 11 and four, four. baby. Let's he, go. So he's ahead the there. Let's yeah, go. He, he got the uh, Raiders winning in Tennessee, I believe, where I had the Titans holding serve at home, which they did not do. Um, for me, I'm real worried about those Houston Texans. Man, good news. I on the, the Bengals look so yeah, bad. On the bright side um, for the Texans is Dak, uh, not, Dak, not Dak, this year's this Dak. Dak. Deshaun Watson is, it only took him one half to be the starter. We had speculated. You had been telling me uh, for a couple weeks how, oh, for him to be Dak, he's got to get in the game. Well, there he is, and he looked a lot better than Tom Savage, so maybe he turns it around. But to lose as badly as they lost at home yep. to Jacksonville is very frightening for a team that I have in the, fin- in the semifinal. Finals. Shout out to another prediction of Mike's coming true. Tony Romo looking like a real G in the, in the that, uh, yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, Tony Romo be on the lookout for him. He's uh, going to be coming in hot on those week and that seven, big national. That's, that's, that's going to be the game. big national TV game. But week three is the big four, the uh, America's game of the day with the whoever's playing um, that game. All right, and, let's transition quickly into our dime of garbage time. Mike, what do you got here? I'm switching it up. We have in. The NFC East, our favorite division. Homer alert! We have two... I was a little bit skeptical on the Cowboys and wasn't 100% sold on the Eagles, but we have two of the top, call it eight teams in the NFL. And those two teams just so happened to play in Philadelphia in Week 17. Top eight? That, yes, Evan, top eight. Top Evan's eight. hanging around. Yeah, that game That's has the potential to be for a bye for the one, uh, for maybe not the one. Okay, uh, for the, is a little for the two seed, that game might that, that game's game, going to determine seeding and a playoff spot. That game will determine the division. Could determine the division, and that's a huge game. That's and it's the game. Eagles and Cowboys, guaranteed Sunday nighter. If if that's the case, um, I originally had Carolina and Atlanta. Still think that looks oh. like a potentially good game. Um, Carolina's got a clown at quarter. Yeah, you now listen to our pod. We had them on last week. Um, but that Eagles Cowboys game to me, with those two teams playing as well as they did in Week One. Big time game week seventeen. I'm sticking with that for a couple weeks here. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Um, I, I had last week. I think I believe I had Packers Lions. Um, I actually, you know, I think the, the Kansas City Chiefs, Denver Broncos. Oh yeah. Wow. Both teams. Simeon. Good. And he Broncos besides for besides for the fourth quarter collapse that that almost was horrendous. Um, great defense. Defense is is excelling without T.J. Ward. Um, 
you know, CJ Anderson, Jamal Charles kind of had some burst. back. It looked yeah. good. Jamal Charles looked like healthy. And then you got the Chiefs coming out 42 to 27 on opening night of football. Yeah. Um, Alex Smith looking like a, a, a not a not a game manager anymore. So. Yeah, we so both those teams play the two teams that I just said, the Cowboys and the Eagles this week. The Eagles at Kansas City, da- uh, Dallas, at Denver. Dallas at Denver. So what are we thinking? Uh, those teams are all one and Who's I, who's I've winning got, this week? I've got uh, Denver in in the in the first game. Um, Den- Denver is a tough place to play, man. It that is. Place New gets, England that can't place win there. Rocking. That place, Zeke's out of shape to begin uh, the season. Get winded. You know how Dak gets frustrated with his little <laughs> helmet. Um, and then I believe uh, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the Eagles the, the win over the wow. City Chiefs. Wow. Yeah. I um, I've it's, switched my, I've switched my pick on that. I had the Chiefs. No more. I, I, they fly look, goes fly. They look good to me, but no Eric Berry. Very tough no, place to play. No Eric Berry. Um. It is in Arrowhead. I, I, I haven't had a toss-up. If I had to choose rolling, one, Darby's right? not going to play this week. But it's not like they're passing by. I mean, Darby's mm. not going to do yeah. much. I, I, I'll give it to the Eagles right now. But but so if I'm, the not, Eagles I'm not win, happy with myself. So if the Eagles win that game, they are definitively like a top 18. Like, yes, but they're not going to win that game. Well, I thanks, Ab. Well, I, I have hope for the Eagles. I think I just, Carson I, Wentz is that X-factor, man. X-factor. I want it to be known that I will immediately after this wash my mouth out with soap for saying that. Yeah. I, I'm really intrigued by that Dallas-Denver game, too. I'm obviously thinking the Eagles. I feel pretty good about them. Um, but I those, those, watch it, though. Those might now. <laughs> tough tough project tough coming in. Tough project coming up. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Green Bay and Atlanta. That's a great Sunday night that's game, too. That's a great too. Sunday night game. A little you know? NFC Championship rematch. I think Atlanta looks very good. No, uh, actually, at the Bears. The end of the Bears game, the Bears should have won that game. Oh, yeah, for sure. They really should have won that game. I did not think Atlanta looked good. The offense, not as explosive as Kyle Shanahan. Um, you know, he, he had to get out of there because, you know, he didn't like running the ball. In the end of the and game, it had an opportune time. It's a three lead. I Thanks, still don't Al. understand how you do that. With two minutes and twelve seconds, I've had to get it in there. But yeah, you put me in the game. You know, I could have turned around and handed the ball off. Yeah, Evan, it was great to have you. Yeah, on. great. For you. It was a pleasure. Glad Hope you enjoyed, you enjoyed it. it. Yeah, we will uh, be back with you next week. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. Yeah, I'll be right there. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl, we like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, 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 tennis, hockey, golf. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.